hope y'all haven't been waiting. <laughs> Glad to know you can't start without me. Just kidding. Um, Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. So glad to see all of you here this morning on our Graduate Sunday. We're so excited to be able to recognize our graduates this morning. Um, if you are visiting with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew in front of you if you'd like to take one and fill it out. Um, you can drop it off in the offering plate as it comes by. Uh, before I get started with announcements, we do have a special announcement. If Miss Ann Marks will come up here, please. She's so excited to do this for y'all, by the way. Feel my pain. Come on. <laughs> I am not a speech person. I'm here this morning to tell each and every one of you, if you're not on one of the committees that has signed up for the 410 Project, you have a project, and your project is to sign up and come and eat. You need to eat because the kitchen crew can't do their job without you signing up. And you have another project. You need to fellowship. When you get through eating, that is part of your mission. And on Thursday night is community night. Okay, now, you need to invite your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, any friends to come, and our goal is 300, and we're going to take all of y'all to help that. So please, please sign up, breakfast, lunch, evening meal, it's free. And ladies, you don't have to do anything that week, you have a week of vacation. All you got to do is come and eat, and just sit around and talk, and I think you can do that. Thank you. She also forgot to mention, if you don't sign up, you don't eat. <laughs> I'm holding you to that. Okay. Um, we want to thank everyone that came out to help yesterday morning to make our landscaping outside look excellent. You guys did a great job, and we appreciate all of the hard work that you did in putting into making it look so good. Um, next week, there will be a Vacation Bible School workers meeting in the W.C. Harward Sunday School class at 2 o'clock. Uh, if you're helping with Vacation Bible School, please make plans to attend that. So crew leaders, um, anyone that's helping to teach a class, anything like that, please make sure to be in that meeting so that we can go over schedules and all that good stuff. Also, there are registration forms for Vacation Bible School located in the atrium and in the back um, on your way out the door. So you can grab a registration form and fill it out. Uh, so if you have a child that would like to participate in Bible school, we would love to have them come and participate, but we'd like to know they're coming, too. Uh, so if you'll just fill out one of those forms, uh, we will be glad to get your name on the list. Um, during the week of the 410 Project, one of our many service opportunities will be to pack and distribute blessing bags. I know you guys have heard of blessing bags before, um, but we do have an opportunity for you to participate at home as well. So in the atrium, there are some Ziploc bags and they're gallon size. They're on a little black table out there. Um, and in it, it has a note with directions of how um, you can collect different supplies that are needed for that blessing bag. And then once you collect the supplies, you can pray for the person that is going to be receiving that bag. 
Um, so if you can't help the week of the 410 project, but you'd still like to get involved, that is a way that you can get involved. Um, so those bags will be in the atrium. You just take one as you leave today, um, fill it back up, bring it back, and then there's a um, bin in the little kitchen marked uh, bread of life and you will bring it back and put it in that bin so that is a way for you to get involved if you cannot be here during the week of the 410 project also one other thing um, for the week oh and another thing uh, directories if you have not picked up your directory there are some directories or 70 will be in the back on the front porch after worship service um, to sign you off and check your name off to make sure that you got a directory. So please make sure to see Stephanie if you have not picked up a directory yet. One other thing to make sure that you are aware of, um, we have been talking about the 410 project for what seems like four years. But this is what I want you to understand. Um, not only are there service opportunities during the week, for you to get involved but also on saturday morning there's an opportunity for you to get involved uh, bread of life that is something that um, our community outreach committee does uh, every three months i believe they go there and they serve a meal and so that is going to be a saturday project that anyone is welcome to come and help with so at nine o'clock we will meet here in the fellowship hall that saturday morning if you would like to come and participate in preparing the food for that meal. And then if you would like to help by serving or delivering the meals, you can meet us at the Bread of Life at 1030. Um, so there's a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board across from the office. Uh, you can sign up to let us know you're coming or you can just show up. But we do need help with that project as well. So please don't let the whole week go by and then you're like, okay, I'm done. No, we still need your help Saturday morning if you can come out and help us. That would be great. Prayer request that I want to share with you this morning. We want to be praying for Lindley Pusey. She will be having surgery this coming Tuesday. Lindley's mom is Nicole Pusey, and her grandparents are Leonard and Elaine Harris. Sarah McGeehee will possibly be coming home today, so we want to be praying that that will happen for her. Um, Ernestine Bridges had a fall this past Monday and broke her shoulder, um, so we want to be praying for her as she is healing and recovering at home. Annette Keith will be having surgery this Friday, and then Brooke Wade, which is Annette Keith's daughter, is having some kidney issues. So please just remember all of these people in your prayer requests, in your prayers <laughs> in the coming days. Would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful to be in your house of worship this morning, God. God, I just pray that you would bring a sense of calmness to us now as, as we settle ourselves and settle our hearts and our minds as we try to focus on worshiping you. God, I want to lift up all these prayer requests that we just mentioned. God, we know we have so many needs going on right now in our church family, and we know you know each one. God, I pray you be with us now and just help us to focus on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, if you will please stand up as our graduates process in.
You may be seated. This morning, we have the honor of being able to celebrate the accomplishments of our fellow church members who, have, who are or are, have already graduated from high school and college. We are proud of each one of you and would like to take a moment to recognize you as individuals. So first, we will start with our high school graduates, Andrew Chase Holmes. This is Andrew. Andrew is graduating from Southern Lee High School. He will be attending Central Carolina Community College in the fall to study nursing. Lydia Jane Phillips. This is Lydia. Lydia is graduating from Lee Senior High School. She will be attending Central Carolina Community College in the fall. Dylan Ray Smith. Dylan will be graduating from Lee Senior High School. He will be attending Central Carolina Community College in the fall to study welding. <laughs> Emily Park Lambeth. Emily is, well, has graduated from NC State University with a Bachelor of Arts in Biomedical Engineering. In the fall, she will be going to the University of Delaware to get her PhD in Biomedical Engineering. We want to say congratulations to all of our graduates. As I said, we are so proud of each of you. And I want to take a moment before we move on um, to share this quote with you. Um, it comes from one of my favorite theologians, and that's Dr. Seuss. And it's from his book entitled, All the Places You Will Go. Congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places, you're off and away. You have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You, you're on your own and you know what you know and you are the one who decide where to go. You'll look up and down streets, look them over with care. About some you'll say, I don't wish to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down a not so good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there in the wide open air. Out there things happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsy as you. And when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew. Just go right along. You'll start happening too. 
Now, this might seem a little silly to some, but Dr. Seuss sums it up pretty accurately. Your graduation marks not only a huge accomplishment in your life, but also the beginning of a new chapter. As your church family, we want you to know that we are here for you, we are rooting for you, and we are praying for you as you face those ups and downs. We know that you are prepared for what is ahead because God is going to be walking with you each and every step of the way. Remember who you are and whose you are. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we want to lift up these graduates to you today. We are grateful for each and every one of them and for who you have created them to be. We rejoice with them today on their accomplishment of graduating. What a wonderful milestone in their lives. God, we ask that as they take this next step in life's journey, that you would guide and direct them, keep them safe, and help them to be able to fully discern what it is that you have called them to do. Help them feel your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue in worship by singing hymn number 452, He is so precious to me. Let's stand.
Our dear, most gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all your many, many blessings. We give thanks for the blessing of these graduates to their families and to our church, dear Lord. We ask that they remember when they go out and the world is busy, that they can always find rest when they walk with you, dear Lord. We ask that you accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. number 455 I must tell Jesus
Well, good morning. How are you guys? Good. Okay, I have a scripture I want to start off by reading for us this morning, okay? This comes from Ephesians chapter 6, and it says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Okay, so... Listening to mom and dad, is that easy or is it hard? It's easy, okay, depending on what they say. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, so this morning I, I thought of a few things, and I want you guys to tell me if you think this is good or if you think this is a bad idea, okay? So mom is cooking in the kitchen, and she's got a pot on the stove. Do you think it's a good idea to reach up there and try to grab that pot and move it while she's cooking? Uh, no. Why is that not a good idea? You might burn yourself. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. How about this one? Let's say that your brother or sister is swinging on the swing and your mom tells you not to walk behind them and you do. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Bad idea. Why is that a bad idea? Because your mom told you not to. You have been trained well, yes. But why is that also a bad idea? Because you might, what, what? Oh, I remember when I bumped 
when I was on that seesaw swing on mm -hmm. my new playset, mm -hmm. um, um, when Bo said swing, mm -hmm. I mean, I actually bumped into him right here, and, but, but, but it's okay now. It's okay it's now. But, but and when it happened, it hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a bad idea. It is a bad you idea. You can, can hurt your Yeah, you can right hurt your chin. That's where I think almost right here, mm -hmm. that's where my brother got his chin bumped Yeah. Down. But it's all better now. It's, it's not there anymore. That's good. That's good. So see, that's a great point. That's why it's a bad idea to walk in front or behind a swing, right? Okay. What about this one? So your mom or your dad comes in your room in the morning and they say, okay, it's time to get up. We got to go to school. And then you go back to sleep. Is that a good or a bad idea? At the time, it might seem like a good idea. But when you're late for school, it's a bad idea, right? Yeah. Yeah, or you get in trouble. That's right. Okay, now what about this one? So your dad or your mom fixes you this big breakfast before you go to school, and they tell you you need to eat all of this breakfast before you can leave the table. Is that a good or a bad idea to eat all that breakfast? It's a good idea. Well, yeah, it depends. But it's a good idea because then you won't be hungry later, right? Yeah, it depends on how much food you eat, too. But we hope that that's a good idea, so that's what we're going to go with. And we're going to go with one more thing. I want you to, to see what you think, if you think this is a good or a bad idea. Okay, so your mom or your dad tells you that you need to pick up all the toys that are on the floor, all the clothes, everything that might be on the floor that you could trip over. Is that a good or a bad idea? It's a good idea so you don't trip over it and get hurt. Some of my youth are taking note of this right now. Because they've forgotten well, these things. If you don't do it, you might trip and yeah. fall and, and hurt your knee. Yeah, if you do or it. Fall on your face and kill. Yeah, she knows. You fall on your face and get hurt. It's not a good idea. So, and you can hurt your chin. Or your chin. That's a good point, too. So, this is what I'm trying to get at this morning, boys and girls. Your parents have already taught you guys what is good and what is bad. And why did they do that for you guys? So you wouldn't get hurt. That's right. And so in the Bible, it tells us to honor our mother and our father. And that means to listen to what they say. And sometimes in that moment when you're like, do I really have to pick up my toys right now? You might think, you know, I don't know if this is a good idea. But I promise you, if your mom or dad asks you to do it, it's a good idea. Because they have your best interest at heart and they're trying to take care of you, okay? So, Pastor Gary's going to be talking this morning about someone who did not listen, and they paid a price for it, okay? So, we want to listen to our moms and dads, like God commands us to do in the Bible, because they know what's best for us, okay? So, that's what we're going to remember this week. We're not going to walk behind swings because we could bump our chin, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so now we're going to say a prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these children and that you have entrusted us to take care of them, God. God, I pray that they would listen to their moms and dads because they do have their best interests at heart and they want to protect them as best they can. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
morning. Um, so every year I, I hope and long for um, children that, well, not children anymore, they're youth, obviously, but I, I long for them to have graduated out of the FSYC program. Um, we don't always have a lot, but this year I'm thankful to have two. So I want to recognize Lydia and Dylan, if you guys will come up and receive your uh, acknowledgement. And I'm going to let Lunette start. She had something special that's not from FSYC, but something that she wanted to uh, give to Dylan. So Dylan, if you'll come on up, Miss Lunette has something that she uh, feels led to give you. You know, we always pick a song to sing for our graduates, graduate Sunday. And I figured since you weren't with us this time and you didn't get to pick a song, I thought I knew what you might have picked as your favorite song. So this is just a little memento to what I thought your favorite song would be. So you guys won't know this, but the behind the scenes joke of this is that long ago, we, we did a song about three years ago called Three Men on Camelback. And uh, that was Dylan's first foray into playing the bongos for us at church and uh, singing. And he had a solo in that part and it was just wonderful. Um, I'm not sure if he thinks so. It, it was not the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> let's just let's just take a minute and be truthful here. This is church. We can't lie. It was a joyful noise. Joy we, we will call it. But anyway, if you desire to sing this song, you can take it apart. The actual sheet music is in the middle of it. And so before you go, I just wanted to give you something, and this is from me and from the, the group FSYC, thanking you for your service. Um, Dylan, I have to tell you, um, sometimes I have kids, and they're honest. My, my parents made me come here. Um, I always appreciate the honesty. I just take it as, as what it is. And then sometimes I have kids who actually show up for the love of singing and or hopefully the love of me. I don't know which one. Um, but, but Dylan and Lydia were, were two of those. So this is your gift, and we love you and thank you. All right, so I want to talk about Lydia for just a second. Um, Lydia has had just tremendous growth as, um, as an individual. She started off as a really quiet person and then quickly told me, Miss Luann, I can't sing that high. I don't know what you're thinking. I cannot sing that high. So we quickly transitioned her to an alto part, and she has just blossomed ever since. She is a person that started off telling me she might take a skit that had one line and preferably only one word, if that was possible. Yep. But then she grew, and next thing I knew, she was taken as big a part as anybody did. So I just want to thank Lydia for her service to the church and her service to the Lord and continuing. And I hope you continue to sing and, and maybe pull up a drama skit somewhere. But this is from us for you. Thank you. Thank you, and I love you. Love you. You're welcome. So uh, what we're going to do now is every year that we do have an FSYC graduate, I ask them what song would they like to have sung. So Lydia picked for you this time. I, sorry. You know, I hate that. Um, but she picked a song, and so we're going to sing that now. Have you guys come up?
Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 through 14. I will keep my promise to you and bring you back to this place. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace and not disaster, plans to give you a future filled with hope. Then you will call to me. You will come and pray to me, and I will hear you. When you look for me, you will find me. When you wholeheartedly seek me, I will let you find me, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've scattered you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from the place where you are being held captive. Good morning. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we gather here primarily every Sunday to worship you, to praise your name, to recognize the power and praise, for we need your power to live effectively this coming week. I thank you for these graduates, for their accomplishment, for their dedication, and for their future. And pray, oh God, that you might bless them as they move into those plans you have for them. Heavenly Father, may we even now Be as honest as we know how to look at the rebellious part of our life. The place where we find a connection to a hard-headed and hard-hearted young son who thought he had things figured out but became a lesson for us in a story that Jesus told. Help us to examine our story and hear your word clearly. In Jesus' name we pray.
choir and thank you FSYC. Open your Bibles with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, and we'll be here the next four Sundays. It's a very familiar story. While you're turning there, let me remind you also that next Sunday we'll be nominating those to serve on our diaconate. So we would ask that you be praying even now for those persons that you feel, men or women, that you feel God would need to be leading in the role of servant leader at our church. And uh, we'll do that at the beginning of our worship next Sunday. And I want to echo what Ann said about coming to eat. In fact, I think we should say that if you don't come and eat at the church, you shouldn't eat that week. Just fast and pray. That'd be fine. That might be more advantageous, actually. But uh, no, very seriously, come. Our goal in the 410 Project has been that our fellowship might grow sweeter, that our service might become better, and that our worship might be more pleasing in God's ears and eyes. And we need you to do that. And so even if your schedule will keep you from doing anything but eating breakfast or supper or lunch or all three, then please come. And we've made it as easy as we can. And Ann's cooking. Do I need to say anything else? Is that not enough uh, for you to come and be a part of this time together as we are excited about what God is up to? Well, the story is one of the, in fact, most scholars think this is probably the most famous parable of all. You might argue the Good Samaritan, but certainly this is one of those powerful stories that Jesus tells. And actually, it's a trilogy. I want us to notice in verse 2 that it's to the Pharisees and scribes who are grumbling <laughs> that he offers these parables. He talks first of a man who lost a sheep, and then a woman who lost a coin, which was significant for her dowry, for her to become uh, married. And then our text for the next several weeks. The story we call the prodigal son. Some have called it the prodigal father, which is an interesting title. Some have called it the lost son. We're going to look at the three main characters, and today we're going to begin with the youngest, and I've got a question for you. Have you ever dealt with family rebellion? Do you have a rebel? Are you a rebel? I have experienced what that is growing up. I've experienced that raising children. I think probably most of us know that when there's rebellion in the home, it is a difficult, difficult thing. This is a story that we might entitle it the first dysfunctional family in the Bible, but probably there are many. But it's a story that you'll remember, a story that you probably know most of it by heart, but one that I pray today might bring a new message to us. We're going to begin to read in verse 11, and we're going to read through the first part of verse 20. If you're able, let me invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's Word. 
And he said, there was a certain man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, and he took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. And he went and he hired out himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. Now I want to tell you the air went out of the room when Jesus said that to those Pharisees and scribes. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. I thank God for verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish with hunger. I'll arise and go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. Would you pray with me? God, give us a word that might transform us, that we might live a life that would transform others. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We're also trying something new today. We're trying to do Facebook Live, okay? Um, we'll see how that goes. We're just experimenting, okay? So uh, that's a disclaimer. It may take us a while, but we think that could be another tool. And so we're trying it today. Rebellion. The definition is an act of violent or open resistance to an established government or ruler or the action or process of resisting authority, control, and convention. Today we struggle in so many ways. It's a difficult time. I, I think of these graduates. I'm, I'm grateful for their future. But I, they know, we know it's challenging. But I tell you what I believe. In 1999, I went to a concert, uh, a concert, a con uh, conference. I'll get it out here in a minute. By two church futurists, Esam and Bandy, who spent their life looking at all the factors. And what they did was they described the church. And they said in the year 2000, and you know why, we were all kind of, you know, we didn't know about Y2K and was the world going to end. And, and, and so we, but we were thinking forward and, and optimistic that maybe there would be another day after 2000. And sure enough, there was. But I thought of how some of the truths they said. One of the things they said was that the church was going into the wormhole. In fact, they said it's already there. And that it will be for the next 40 years. 
for the next 40 years, the church will be transitioning. We'll be changing. We'll be adding things and taking things away. We'll be trying things and trying not to do things. He said, it'll be in the wormhole for 40 years. That's in 2000. Now, I'm not very good at math, but I'm, sure to, I'm pretty sure that's like 2040. You know where I'll be in 2040? In glory, that's where I'll be. I began to think about that, my whole ministry, all my ministry, all of my years are going to be in the wormhole. And what they went on to say about the wormhole was this. Whatever enters a wormhole in the cosmos comes out on the other side. Hallelujah. We know that. We've read the end of the book. Amen. We know the church is going to be victorious. There's no doubt about that. The church will win. God's people will win. That's good news. But what he said is going into the wormhole, whatever goes into it, when it comes out on the other side, it looks nothing like it looked when it went in. So what's the church going to look like? And we start to think about worship styles, and I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think it's going to go to our very core about what's important. And so what I have noticed in my ministry for, uh, if I make it to November, it'll be 40 years that I've been a pastor is that I have noticed that we do try those new things. We are hoping those new things. I've noticed how our culture has changed in so many ways. Some of them for the good, many of them not so much. And what I also recognize is that how difficult it is to live in this future. But here's my good news. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be graduating and, and to be a part of the church in 2040 because our graduates and our future graduates will be there and we will hand off to them a church. That's not quite true. God will hand off to them a church. And God's church is fine. But in the midst of that, it brings me back to this moment. What about rebellious times? I think we're rebellious sometimes because we're confused. Now, this is a difficult story, and the listeners of this, this parable were, were, were so upset. The theme is pretty simple. The theme is one of lost, a lost sheep, a lost coin, a lost son, of searching or waiting, of finding, of being found, and then a celebration. A celebration will break out. But I'm telling you that the Pharisees and scribes probably when they heard this story were so disappointed in that father. In three weeks we'll talk about the father. But when we get to that place we'll recognize that as there's no doubt that one can make a perfect analogy to God being that father I'm mindful of how God gives us opportunities in this story. We love stories, and Jesus loves stories. He loved to tell stories. 
And I have found that stories that I think connect to you, I love to hear. But when they connect to me, well, that can be a different matter. I love the story about the pastor who had a farmer in his church, and he went to him and he asked him this question. He said, just hypothetically, if you had, let's say, a million chickens, would you give the church 100,000 tithing? Absolutely, replied the farmer. Well, let me ask you this question. If you had, let's say, 100,000 sheep, would you give the church 10,000? Without a doubt. Without a doubt, I'd do that. What about this? What if you had 10,000 pigs? Would you give the church 1,000 of those pigs? He said, Pastor, not only would I give them to the church, I'd load them up in my trailer, I'd take them to market, I'd sell them, and I would bring the money and lay it on the altar. He said, wow. He said, let me ask you again. If you had 1,000 cattle, would you give the church 100? He said, Pastor, you know I would. And he said, last question. If you had 100 sheep, would you give 10 to the cause of the Lord? To which the farmer replied, now stop right there, preacher. You know I got 100 sheep at the farm. Well, that's kind of how Jesus' stories were. They went along real good for a while. But then they connected. And they quit being hypothetical and they began to be real. And they began to touch us where we are. And this is one of those stories because I can see myself in, in this story in so many ways. Maybe more so next Sunday than this. But still, they're there. Rebellion. This young man... And his rebellion will injure his father because it was customary that the oldest son would receive two-thirds of the inheritance if there were two sons. And so he received a third of the farm. Can you imagine having to liquidate in an agricultural system in Jesus' story? A third, how that would impact everything on the farm, everything in the future? Rebellion has a way of doing that. He wanted to not only inflict injury to his father. I, I read somewhere where they said that his father would offer a funeral for a wayward son and have the community, the little agricultural community, come in and, and mourn as though he had died. There was emotional injury. But then he wanted to abandon the boundaries of his upbringing. And that's where you and I live today in a society that wants to abandon boundaries. He wanted to go to a faraway land. He wanted to leave, he wanted to leave not only the, the zip code, he wanted to leave the culture. And we know that because he went to a place where they raised hogs. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know a lot about ancient Israel, but I know one thing. There were no hogs in Jerusalem, okay? There just weren't. That was a taboo that was set early in its history and one that everyone followed. And so he wanted to leave and get so far away. Well, you might ask, what's wrong with rebellion? Our culture says that as long as we don't hurt anybody else, it ought to be okay. Let me share with you a story about Jesus' story. Told by a fellow named Larry Booker who'd gone to a conference where the pastor there was asked to speak. He was in a, a congregation that was struggling like all of us who are in the wormhole. 
especially with the idea of holiness. And you know, I believe what you guys are going to rediscover is that when you take the holy out of the church and the holy out of your worship and the holy out of your relationship with God, you ain't got much left. And he was discovering that. And he, he said, you know, in the new society where everybody wanted everybody to feel good and to be happy and to go along with everybody in every way, he used this story. He said there was a pastor who was given a piece of land and he decided that in this situation that he would buy uh, some sheep. And so he went and bought a small herd of sheep, a small flock, I guess you would call it, not a herd, a flock of sheep. And the guy threw in a few goats just because he could, I guess. And so in the middle of his land, he went out and he made a sheep pen. He, he, he built a, a fence. And he put his sheep in the fence. The next day when he came out, he noticed all of his sheep and the goats were just outside the fence. They had found a breach, had made their escape. They didn't go very far. I mean, they were still close. To, so much so that he thought, well... They like it here. Maybe if I just make the pen a little bigger, I'll encompass where they want to be. And they can be there. And so he widened his fence. Came back the next morning. Guess where he found his sheep? Just on the other side of the boundary. Just on the other side of the gate. Just on the other side of the fence. He enlarged it again. And again. And every time he came and found it, till finally he thought, well, there's a cliff on that side. They can't go up that. There are woods that they won't go in, I've been told, on this side. And there's a road over here. It's too far. I'll just take the fence down. And I'll just let them go where they want to go. They'll stay in the field. It makes sense on some level, doesn't it? Doesn't that make some kind of sense? I mean, they're getting out every day anyway. You're wasting your time with a fence. And so he tore down the fence. A couple of days, everything seemed to be going pretty good. They were staying in the big field. But one day he got a call. I've got bad news. Some kind of wild animal came through last night. And they killed all your sheep. And they killed all your goats. And there's nothing but carnage all over that big field. And the pastor said, I heard the voice of God say that fences aren't to keep you in. They're to keep things out of your life. Rebellion breaks down the fences. Rebellion in our spirit when we decide we want to do whatever we want to do our way. We want to love the Lord our way. We want to do church our way. We want to do family our way instead of God's way. There are standards and boundaries that God has put in place to keep us from the wild animals of our culture. Here are three things that I'm going to give us very quickly of what rebellion will do. The first thing it will do is it takes you further then you want to go. Rebellion will take you further. What a beautiful story Jesus tells of rebellion taking a young man where he thought he wanted to go 
but it almost killed him. It almost cost him his life. He finds himself there, and for a while it's good in this Gentile place. No, no longer would he have to look over his shoulder and say, oh, they're going to go tell Dad. Dad's nowhere around here. Dad's never been here. Dad won't know what I'm doing. I can do whatever I want to do. Rebellion will take you further than you want to go. Oh, he thought he was having a good time. Sin has a season where it's a good time, but there's always, there's always a time when broken boundaries lead to wild animals. He thought he'd be fine. I, I was reading this week in a whole different matter, and I ran across a, a statistic that said in a major cities of the United States that runaway children, most of them between the ages of 11 and I think it was 14 or 16, end up in the human trafficking, in the sex trade, within 48 hours of leaving their home. And it was, a, it was like 78% of them. That's what happens when rebellion takes you out of your world and you try before you're ready to launch to do it your way. Oh, he wanted to go party, but he ended up needing pity. We often think that we can control our time, but we really can't, you and I. Because you see, not only does rebellion take you further than you want to go it keeps you longer than you want to stay he stayed too long he stayed too long rebellion is a waste of our time and it costs us so much and it brings me to the last point this morning rebellion costs us more than we really want to pay I, I would love for our church to be full every Sunday. I would love for there to be an opportunity where we would say the overflow room is full, the sanctuary is full, we got to put it on Facebook Live for you to even be able to see it. We got to build a bigger building. I would love for that to be a situation. Why do you think that's not a situation at Grass Prairie? We got 508 members. Now, you're probably counting right now. Let me tell you, there's a few less than 508 here this morning, okay? By more than half. Why? Why? Do we know why? When we do church our way, when it's optional, when it's whether it's good or whether it's convenient, whether it's, there's no better offer, when we do it our way, and so what does it cost the church? What does it cost us? What does it cost neighbors who may live within the shadow of our community? I, I just was told this week that 1,400 houses are coming soon. Will we be ready? Will we be the hands and feet of God? Will we be out there making a difference? Will we be changing our life? How about our neighbors who have lived by us for years? Rebellion. Oh, oh, not like getting up and going to the pig pen in a Gentile world, but just the rebellion that says, not today. I, I won't pray today. I won't study my, God's word today. I, I won't make those decisions today. I won't look for someone to share my faith with today. I, I won't share the gospel today. It's rebellion. 
I mean, I know our time is up, and, but I can show you in the scriptures where it says that's what we're supposed to be doing. And when we don't do it, we avail ourselves to the world. So here's my call. Family. There's a warning in this story that Jesus tells. Keep coming. Bring some more with you next Sunday. We're going to look at the older son next Sunday and then the father on Father's Day. And then we'll look at the party. And we'll talk about how God wants to celebrate when the lost are found. But here's what I want to say in closing today. God, help Gary McCullough in the areas of my life where I'm rebellious against your will. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, forgive us where we have decided that your boundaries are not in keeping with the world's boundaries and so we'll follow the world's boundaries or no boundaries at all and for the disasters that they cause forgive us and Lord would you challenge us today to ask ourselves Lord where am I rebellious where do I need to come to my senses? <laughs> Where do I need to say that when I come into the presence of you, my heavenly Father, I find more than enough. I find abundance. Even when I come with the smell of the pig pen still on my clothes. I don't know what decisions need to be made this day for you. But my prayer is if there's a family here dealing with rebellion in their home for your grace and for your mercy and for the clarity of your spirit. If there's one here today who's a rebel in their home that today they would come to their senses and come home. And for all of us, oh God, who have some of the prodigal in us Father, we throw ourselves at your feet and recognize our unworthiness and ask for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is page 320. This day, if you need to come for some reason and make a decision publicly, my goodness, I'd love to see this altar full every Sunday. If you need to stay where you are and make a decision about the boundaries with you and God, with you and God, that's where we start when those boundaries are okay. Everything else seems to get better. Whatever the need, would you come as we stand together and say,
Thank you for your presence here and to the families of the graduates. Thank you for sharing this day with us. I am excited about God's future and the folks that are going to be leading it. And we have four of them here today. Uh, we are grateful for Andrew Jackson. I heard that he might be being ordained today. Did anybody hear that? I know uh, Darlene and, and Mark aren't here. But God's got a strong call on his life, and we want to celebrate with him as well. We're going to allow our graduates to processional out after our closing prayer. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and his abiding presence that we might be his non-rebellious people in the midst of all of his people. Would you pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for your power. Thank you for the way you challenge us with what you've blessed us with to live within your boundaries for there we find safety and wholeness, happiness and joy. That's where peace is found. Thank you for these graduates, for their accomplishment and for the challenges of the future. Lord, may you strengthen them that they may face them by making those good choices that Dr. Seuss reminded us of earlier. And now as we leave this place, we invite you to go with us in Christ's holy name. Amen.